It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Like so many of the guests sharing thank you notes this year, mention the blessing of family. I am also very thankful for the family I have. People that are close to us tell us that they can't imagine me without Guthrie or Guthrie without me. Maybe that's why when one of our oldest nephews was little, he called us Gutpaw. Just one word to describe us. So it's just natural for Guthrie and I to have this conversation to share our blessings of 2023. Before I start this conversation, I want to ask a favor. If you've been listening to A Quilter's Life, would you be so kind as to write a review on your favorite podcast player? I'd love to hear what you think, and it helps others to find the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, Guthrie is joining me for this episode. I wanted to share how thankful both Guthrie and I are for the year 2023. So many wonderful things happened, and I just wanted to share it with all of you and have Guthrie share with me today. Thanks for joining me on A Quilter's Life, Guthrie. Thanks for allowing me to share with you, Paula, on your episode. I thought we would go ahead and highlight some of the wonderful things we got to do throughout 2023. Now, back in January, that's our normal time for our five kids to come and all our grandkids to come, and we celebrate Christmas late, and everyone was able to make it in this year. It was a blessing having all the kids and grandkids being able to stay with us in the big house. Yes, it's always such a blessing to have them come back, even after all these years. I know not everybody has that opportunity to spend with their family, so we are blessed. And the blessing is that all the kids and grandkids get along so well, and we never have any conflict while they're here at the house, so that's always been a real blessing to us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned in several episodes that last year I didn't have any episodes to record and was getting a little bit worried. So I got on the call with Carolina Moore, and she and Bell Bruner posted it in a Facebook group. And before I knew it, I had 20 interviews to do, and what a blessing. That was that the quilters came alongside me to give me episodes so that I could share more stories with everyone. We're going to jump clear to April. We had the opportunity to go visit our son in El Paso. Well, actually, I think it was to visit our grandson in El Paso. As our son and his wife both were going to be out and we were able to spend the week with our grandson Kip during spring break. Oh, yes. That was where it was so hot in the car that my phone died when I needed the GPS. Yes, it was. You weren't sure whether you'd make it to the score or not, but you were successful in doing so. That was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And after I picked up Kip, then he showed me where I could actually make the air conditioner work properly in the car. Yeah, we were using their car, so we weren't familiar with the controls, so it got very, very hot in the car. 
And as we have found out a couple of times, when the iPhones get too hot, they just shut off in order to protect them. And that was the case in this particular situation, especially with the sun shining so brightly in El Paso. And while we were in El Paso, I got to go up to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and visit with Marcia Cohen from Be So Creative. I had already interviewed her earlier, but we actually got to meet in person and go out to lunch. What a fun time I had with her. Yeah, it was nice to have that flexibility also. I still was logged on remotely to work, and I was able to work from their house, but Paula was able to run around and visit some of the quilting establishments in the area, especially the one she interviewed. And I was able to help out with Kip as his school needs and other needs. What a blessing it is to be able to be with family and friends. Yeah, we've structured our work so that we can work basically anywhere. It's always more convenient and easier to work from home, but it does give us flexibility to travel when we need to or desire to. And then thank you for my wonderful birthday present of getting to go up to Amish country and take a class from Krista Moser. I had interviewed her also, and again, it's so wonderful to meet in person. Yeah, I know you were excited about it, both going and when you were there and coming back. We were very excited about what you learned, the people you met, and it seemed like it was a really good course for you. I just had such a wonderful time spending the three days up there at Chestnut Ridge, taking that class with Krista. In July, we got to do something we've been talking about for years. We had thought about doing it back in 2020, but of course, COVID hit and we weren't able to. But we finally got to go on that Alaskan cruise. It was a real blessing. We did a land cruise before the actual sea cruise, and we're also able to visit our niece who lives in Anchorage. I'll let Paula elaborate on that some. Well, it's such a blessing to visit our niece, Stacy. Now, just before we went on this wonderful trip, I started having a problem with sciatica. I didn't exactly know what it was all about, but I was in a bit of pain. And Stacy has her own masseuse business in She blessed me by being able to give me a massage on my leg and help me get through some of that time when I was in so much pain. But the other thing that helped me get through that trip was visiting so many wonderful quilt shops. Even though I was in pain, as soon as we said, okay, we're going to go to the next quilt shop, (laughs) I was (laughs) able to, yes, wonderful. And the pain would dissipate, not quite go away, but dissipate somewhat. So it was the quilters around me and the quilt shops that kept me going through that trip. How many quilt shops did we visit on the entire cruise? It seemed like every stop, almost every day of the cruise. We got to visit seven quilt shops and for a couple days in Anchorage and then between the land tour and the cruise was 10 days. So Seven shops in less than two weeks was just wonderful. Now, in Anchorage, we got to go to the Quilt Tree, who is owned by Sarah. Now, Sarah wasn't in that day, but her employees treated us royally, and it was fun to start seeing the amazing fabrics that are only in Alaska. 
And the next day, I had an appointment with Jana Hyanga at Cabin Fever. And her shop is right downtown where a lot of the tourist buses go through. So it was fun to see her shop. The difference in the two shops was obviously more toward tourists with Cabin Fever downtown and more local flavor with the quilt tree. I think one of the things that Paula mentioned is the beautiful fabrics there, but every shop we stopped in on Alaskan Cruise had fabric that was just just delightful to look at and just such rich imagery of the Alaskan natives, Alaskan landscape, Alaskan wildlife up there was just really amazing. Then we started out on the land cruise. We were bused up to Talkeetna. They took us to downtown Talkeetna and had us stand by this railway engine. And I knew we were standing basically right behind the quilt shop there in Talkeetna, the patchwork moose. And I couldn't leave the group. I asked permission and basically was told no (laughs) in a nice way. But we needed to stay together so that we could get back on the bus and get on the train to head up to Denali. And being 30 seconds away from that shop was so hard, knowing they were open and I couldn't walk over there. So that night in Denali, I called the shop knowing that the next night we were going to be back down in Talkeetna staying at a hotel. But by the time we arrived, their shop was going to be closed. And they were so, so gracious to leave their shop open for me so that I could go in and meet them and just have a wonderful visit. I got to visit with Bobby. What a delight that was. Because Lori Outland, the owner, had an emergency come up. It was just amazing to get to see their beautiful shop. What a cute shop that was. It was. They were such nice people. Um, Bobby and her husband were both there. So we got to meet them both. What I remember most was it was pouring rain. They did bus us down to the downtown area. So we were able to get down to the downtown, but then we had to walk downtown. Fortunately, the quilt shop wasn't very far away, but then we went on down to a pizza place and we were pretty well soaked by the time we got back on the bus to head back to the lodge. We sure were. And so much for wearing white shoes and all that mud. Yes, it was. <laughs> Feet soaked. Basically, all of us were soaked. Then we headed down to get on the ship and it headed out of Seward, Alaska. Before we got on the ship, the tour took us to an aquarium, which was just a block away from So and Be Cozy where we got to meet the owner, Sheila Squires. Of course, everybody else went into the aquarium. We did get to see it after a little bit, but after we got checked in there, we headed down the block and went and met Sheila. Yeah, and Sheila had her grandson in there working with her, and he was very, very helpful, wanted to help her out a lot. And once again, another beautiful shop with a lot of Alaskan fabric and a lot of Alaskan notions in it. So it was really neat. Yeah, that was fun to meet both of them. And the aquarium was rather small. So we were able to look around the entire aquarium also once we were done at the quilt shop. Had plenty of time. 
So each stop, except for one, Haynes does not have a quilt shop, but our first stop on the cruise was in Juneau. We did not make it to the second quilt shop there. We would have had to hop on a bus and find our way downtown. But we did find Jan Nardone's shop, Changing Tides, there in Juneau. It was an interesting shop, and it was inside a larger building, and you had to go upstairs to that particular shop. But once again, a really neat little shop, and we really enjoyed that time. What I remember of Juno, though, is they also had the Alaskan Fudge Company. So we were able to stop by and pick up some fudge and other chocolatey treats for our trip back. I wish I could remember the name of the artist. I did buy some specific fabric. If you check out the reel there, the quilt that Jan's standing in front of has this cute fabric from one of the Alaskan artists, and I bought some of that fabric at her shop. Then we stopped at Skagway and stopped in the Russian tailor quilt shop after we got to ride the old railroad. The railroad was really neat. It was a narrow gauge railroad. It went up through the mountains, and it was when they, was it gold that they were after? It yeah. was a gold rush. Yeah, gold rush. That the railroad was built, but it was about a three-hour trip up into the mountains, crossed over the Canadian border, and then turned around and came back. But the beauty of Alaska in that area was just phenomenal. And went through a couple long tunnels and just really enjoyed that railroad. I love the history they gave along the way, too. Yeah, it was one of the, the excursions we did. We're not huge on doing excursions on our cruises, but that was one I'm really glad that we took. Mm-hmm. And then we got to meet Jenny and a couple other of the employees there, as the owner wasn't there at the time. At each shop, I asked about any specific fabric that was unique to their shop, and they pulled out a panel of Skagway, and it is just beautiful. It really is. It shows all the highlights of Skagway, one of which was the railroad, and they had trains going in and out of the mountains all day long, but uh, Skagway was just a beautiful little western town. And I had so much fun with one lady, and I didn't catch her name, but... She pointed at the panel and said, and my house is right there. <laughs> of course, Jenny said, you don't live there. She said, yeah, but they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, again, have to thank Jenny. At that point, I had run out of my Excedrin that I really needed for my pain management. And she was able to point me in the direction of a little grocery store where I was able to pick up medicine to last me the rest of the trip. And in doing so, they let us know how surprising it was that they only get shipments of groceries and, and other things they can buy once a week. So in doing so, it's like, I wonder if the ship has brought in the weekly items yet. So getting to see a peek into their lives of how rough it actually is up in Alaska was amazing also. Yeah, throughout Alaska, something we take for granted here at the lower 48s is the accessibility to so many supplies and, and just everything you need for what we think we need for our, our daily lives. But in Alaska, they have to wait 
a week or two weeks, Northern Alaska, even longer than that in order to get their supplies. They have to be strategic on their planning. Yeah. It really felt once we were talking to them that they're still pioneers in a way. Yes, they are. And then our last stop was in Ketchikan. And we got to meet Don, who is one of the owners of the Whale's Tail. That was a fun shop, too. Yeah, it was. There again, it was in a larger building. It was upstairs. It had a lot of different shops within this building. But it was a neat town. Of all the towns we stopped at, I think that was the most Western-looking town. It was sort of like an old Western town. One little town that didn't have a quilt shop that we stopped at before Ketchikan was Haynes. And Paula's leg was hurting pretty bad on that day, and it required a lot of walking. So I went off the ship myself. It was a neat little alcove, basically. They had a salmon canning museum there. They actually did some canning of salmon still on that alcove. So I just walked around, had a leisurely, relaxing day. Walked on a trail between two ship ports there. At the beginning of the trail, it says bears are active now, so stay with someone else. And when I told Paula that when I returned, she was a little concerned, but there was a lot of people on the trail. Did see an eagle's nest and a eagle sitting outside of the nest on that trail. And also took a gondola between the two ports to enjoy the relaxing day. So although no quilt shops, I did enjoy just being able to have a day where I just wandered around and relaxed during that. And the museum for the salmon cannery was really neat also. And while I stayed on the ship, I met a couple who said, oh yes, we went into one of the quilt shops and they picked out a quilt that they liked and said, how much is this one? And of course the quilt shop people showed them the kit and they were shocked. They thought they could buy a completed quilt at a quilt shop. And I guess that would make sense if you weren't a quilter and you thought you wanted to go buy a quilt, you'd go to a quilt shop, right? Yeah. And most of the shops around there were tourist driven. So tourists to those towns, they would have been logical to think about that. And in Ketchikan, they had some wood carvings and some stone carvings that were just phenomenal, but they were in the tens of thousands of dollars. So pricing on those type of things were not unusual. What a blessing it was to go to all those shops on our wonderful trip. Thing. It was, and, and just a blessing to be spend that time together. It's one of the most relaxing times or vacations that I've ever had. Didn't have very good internet access and I wasn't able to log on very much. So it was just a good relaxing time and didn't have any emergencies at work during that time. <laughs> we have had a busy year. In August, we got to go to Podcast Movement, which we've been to how many now? I think this was our ninth podcast movement. Probably. Yeah. I had actually signed up for us to speak at Podcast Movement this year. Yeah, it was right outside of Denver in Aurora, Colorado, and fairly near to the airport. But us being as we are and like to travel, we drove to Denver and back. <laughs> I should say Guthrie drove because still with my leg not quite better yet, he did all the driving. But our talk at podcast movement was how to create a successful niche podcast. Even a quiet quilter and an enthusiastic entrepreneur can podcast. It was certainly the highlight of our week there. Bit of trepidation, one doing a presentation together and trying to do it without having a script there. 
but I think it turned out pretty successful, especially one aspect of it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I brought in some things about the quilting world and applied them to the podcast world. But the one thing that was fun was as we quilters talk about quilt police and how we should not let them dictate how to do our quilts, we bought a hat. Yeah, ball cap. A ball cap that said police on it. So Guthrie pulled out that ball cap, put it on. Yep. And then I also had a whistle. And as Paula was talking about the quilt police or the podcast police in this particular instance, I put the hat on, blew my whistle and called her out because she had released her first nine episodes and we had been advised by the experts in the industry to throw away your first nine episodes. And Paula decided based on some counsel with somebody who's been in the podcasting industry even longer than we have to go ahead and release those. And we're so thankful she did. Some of those first ones were the most listened to podcast that she has in her whole listening to podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing how people still go and download some of those first episodes. Now, of course, the quality is not the greatest. It's still not the greatest. I'm working on that. But their stories are wonderful. And I was so excited. After four years, I was able to publish the 200th episode of A Quilter's Life. It is an exciting time. Paula's really been diligent on releasing us weekly. And I get the pleasure of and the privilege of listening to them every week. Thank you for listening to them. I really appreciate your feedback every Monday. You know, they are interesting life stories and I enjoy life stories. And can you believe this episode, when it is published, will be our 212th episode. That is amazing. And last month, we visited another son that lives in Pennsylvania in I had the privilege of meeting two guests at once. I had interviewed Claudia Porter and Sheila Drevna, and they both lived about a half hour away from my son, and they were both willing to come to where I was, and we had lunch together. It was so, so much fun. And along on that trip, Paula also was able to record her last remaining aunt on her mom's side of the family. And did an interview with her, not necessarily of quilting, but just to get family history, which was a blessing. Yeah, that was supposed to be a side benefit of getting this recording equipment. I kept waiting to get a little bit better, and I missed my window of opportunity in recording my mom's story. So it was very important for me to go up there and get my aunt's stories in That was the main reason I did go up there. And while we were there, we got to be with two of our grandchildren and we made mini pies and we also built a birdhouse with the grandkids up there, which was a real blessing just to invest time with the kids and grandkids and enjoy life together. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, I cannot let a Thanksgiving episode go by without being so thankful for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am so thankful that I have accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, and I wanted to share that with you also. I have to echo that thanksgiving of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord has blessed our lives so abundantly as we've 
the best of our ability has faithfully followed him. Last two and a half years, I've I've also been filling in or actually taking over the teaching pastor role at our local church. And that has been a real blessing, not only for me, but also for the congregation there. And we're seeing the Lord working in the hearts and lives of those that attend there. A couple other blessings are that, of course, my blessing of having a wife that's wonderful and tolerates me throughout our marriage of 44 plus years now. And also having an abundance of work to do and the ability to do it. He seems to continue to pour into our lives as we pour into the lives of other people. We are both very involved with the church. And I also have the opportunity to work in our children's ministry by helping put together children's messages that correspond with Guthrie's messages so that the kids have something to follow during the sermon. Yeah, no, Paula doesn't necessarily teach every one of those, but she prepares every single one. And we have a rotation of teachers for the children's message. And it's such a blessing to see the kids grasp the concepts that we're teaching during the children's messages that does tie into the main message of the Sunday. And also seeing the adults to enjoy and gain knowledge and understanding from those children's messages. Well, 2023 has been such a wonderful year for us. And I am looking forward to 2024 for more of those blessings. I'm just so happy and excited to be able to do life with Guthrie. And likewise, life with Paula has been a blessing for all the 44 plus years. And I just excitingly always look forward to the future and what the Lord has for us. Well, thanks again for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving for me also. May the Lord bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.